0: list and uh, he was quite a, quite a wonderful wonderful man and very obviously talented a genius and um, when his father uh, passed away it really uh, made a tremendous impact on his life and he he gave a play and he uh, was secluded basically for several several years and then something wonderful happened i believe some some ways god in his wonderful way of touching a person's heart moved upon uh, franz and he then uh, dedicated the last few years of his life to teaching piano to whoever wanted to play and he taught them for free Kids and adults alive. and he's actually responsible for bringing, uh, making um, Chopin known to the world because at that particular time you know, it was real difficult to, uh, uh, basically, to become accepted in the in, in the artistic you know, community. But uh, he brought to uh, Chopin, Chopin, one of the most wonderful pianists. And the composers as well, but it's a, but uh, it's it's an example of what one individual can do if they're willing to share what God has given to them. And you know, we come to the end of twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty three is just around the corner, and every single one of us here today has been gifted in some particular and unique way that God has, has gifted each one of us. And you may be wondering, well, what, to, what do I have to give? you'd be rather surprised. Because every single individual, and you've heard me say this before, everyone in this room has the potential for genius. Your, your brain and the potential and the talents that God has given to you are just absolutely amazing. Amazing. God doesn't create junk, as they say. Okay, <laughs> And God has created each one of us, and he has gifted each one of us. Now, the message today is entitled New Beginnings, and so... I'd like you to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16. Matthew, chapter 16. And we're going to begin at uh, verse 1. You might be wondering, well, how we're going to tie this particular passage into this whole idea of giftedness and new beginnings, but I think you will see. So beginning at verse 1 in chapter 16 in the Gospel of Matthew. Then the Pharisees and Sadducees came, and testing him, asked that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said to them, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign shall be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah, and he left them and departed. Now when his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Oh, you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the five thousand And how many baskets you took up? Nor the seven loaves of the four thousand? And how many large baskets you took up? How is it you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees? Then they understood that he did not tell them to be aware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, "Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am?" So they said, "Some say John the Baptist, and some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets." He said to them, "But who do you say that I am?" Simon Peter answered and said, "You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God." Jesus answered and said to him. Blessed are you, Simon of for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven.
1: And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven,
0: and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one, that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. Let's pray please. this. Our Father and God, we come to you, and we thank you for your holy word. And we pray that as we study your word today, that you will be our teacher through God the Holy Spirit. Speak to our hearts, our spirits, our minds. And Lord, we pray that as your children, we will respond. Respond in a positive and in an honest way. Help us, O oh Lord, to live out your word each day. And in such a way that we bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. So the Pharisees and the Sadducees were two different groups. They were religious leaders or religious groups, and basically they had uh, differing theological positions. But they um, they joined together because both groups opposed Jesus. And so uh, there's this uh, this common practice that sometimes enemies will join together. If they have a common enemy, so to speak. And so they opposed Jesus. And uh, notice what they said basically was, Prove it. Prove what? They wanted him to prove that he was in fact the Messiah. Prove it. Prove it. Show us a sign from heaven. Now notice how Jesus responds. He just calls them hypocrites. And you've probably heard that Jesus was a very loving person, right? A very kind and gracious and patient and forgiving person. You've heard that, right? (laughs) Rarely do you hear people talk about the fact that Jesus also held religious leaders accountable. And he had no problem calling them hypocrites. You notice that? Now... You've heard me say this before. I didn't write this. Okay, <laughs> This is the scripture. God wrote it through the men that he chose. You follow? And as the disciples and the apostles, as, as they wrote under the inspiration of God, the Holy Spirit, they wrote it just as it occurred, as it happened. And I dare say that there are many, many hypocrites Walking the earth today. As a matter of fact, this room is filled with them. Because each and every one of us is a hypocrite from time to time. Oh, I wish I could stand up here and say, Oh, I'm always consistent, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but I can't. I can't. When I read over in James, where it says, you know that uh, not many people should seek to be a a teacher, that is, you know, a a teacher of the word, because we'll be held to a higher standard. Oh, (laughs) that makes me tremble. (laughs) But notice what he says. He says, a wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. Over in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses, the great Moses preached and he prophesied of a future time, both present at his time, but also future in a time when the nation of Israel would actually commit spiritual adultery. Spiritual adultery. What is that? Turning from serving and worshiping the true God to worship false God. And then, when God came in human flesh, Emmanuel, as Isaiah proclaimed, Jesus Christ the Lord, heralded by the angels of heaven before the shepherds. You recall that? And then, as Jesus went through performing all of these miracles, and they see these miracles, you see, when he asks the question, whom do men say that I am? And the response of the disciples, some say, you know, you're Elijah, John the Baptist, etc. It is because Jesus was performing miracles that were consistent and also preaching a message and preaching it in such a way that it was consistent with the way that the prophets also preached. Jesus was very, very clear. You know, Elijah was one of those that the Lord used in a very mighty, mighty way. As a matter of fact, we know that Elijah is one of those who will be returning. That day is coming. Elijah will return. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. Now you've probably had this experience where an unbeliever will say, Prove it. Prove it. does Jesus say about them? They're hypocrites and they're wicked and they're an adulterous generation that seek after a sign. Now notice he says the only sign that will be given to you is the sign of Jonah. And what was that sign? Jonah spent three days and nights in the belly of a great fish. And you know scholars so one group of scholars will say well it was a whale and the other group of scholars say well no it was just it was a great fish. All right, well, it was a, an aquatic <laughs> bee that swallowed up Jonah. You follow? But they split hairs over <coughs> things. The fact is, the most important point is that he spent three days and nights in the belly of that thing because he didn't want to go to Nineveh and preach to those people because he didn't like those people. You notice God had called him and had given him the gift of preaching, but he did not like the Ninevites, the Assyrians, because they were a brutal people. He was unwilling. But after he spent some time in God's camp there, if you will, he became real willing. <laughs> and the whales spit him out. And he went to Nineveh. And he preached throughout the city. And if any preacher would be overjoyed at the fact, the response of the people. From the king down to the, to the least person, it says, they all repented. They repented at the preaching of Jonah. And instead of being happy, he became displeased. Ah, but what is Jesus sharing here with, with the Pharisees and the Sadducees? He's talking about the fact that the day is going to come when the Messiah, the Lord Jesus, is going to be mocked and beaten and crucified. He's going to die on that cross. going to be buried and three days later he will rise from the dead and you know the rest of the story now we move on to point two notice what Jesus tells the disciples take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and they were reasoning you know among themselves it says regarding their neglect to bringing bread They thought, oh, we we didn't bring anything to eat. So he's he's chiding us for not bringing anything to eat. (laughs) Jesus corrects the disciples' misunderstanding. He shared with them to be aware of the false doctrine that the Sadducees and the Pharisees It's a message for us today. Sadly, in this day and age in which we live, there are many what we would have called Christian denominations and Christian teachers and preachers that are turning away from the truth of the Scripture, and instead they are preaching the wisdom of man. Philosophies. Now, on Wednesday, we had a little grammar study because the Bible is written grammatically correct. And to, to, to correctly interpret the scripture, you, you also have to utilize grammar. But not just grammar, because the Bible is spiritually discerned. The Bible teaches that by the guidance and the illumination of God the Holy Spirit we understand and then are able to take the lessons and apply them to everyday life. But what's happening across our country and around the world in churches today is they are undermining the authority of God's Word. They are saying that God's Word is not perfect. Well, I'm here to tell you God's Word is perfect. God's Word is perfect. it is infallible. And the only mistakes that are made are made by humans, not by God. God makes no mistake. God's Word is perfect. You read through Psalm 19 and tells you the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimonies of the Lord are are sure. God's Word, the Bible says, is forever settled in heaven. And we, as God's children, bear the responsibility to ensure that we understand His Word and that we, we communicate it and that we teach it and that we share it accurately. Now, Only God is perfect, and we can make mistakes. We might misquote something or misquote a reference. That's not God's fault if we make a mistake. The fact is is that we are fallible. Now, I know there are a lot of guys, you know, they think they're just perfect, right? They, They make no mistakes. But, well, we're here to tell you we make all kinds of mistakes. But that also goes for the ladies as well. (laughs) Because only God is perfect. Only God is perfect. Now, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they held various positions. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in miracles. They didn't believe in any of that. And they also didn't believe in the prophets. Only the first five books, and that's it. The Torah. But there's more to the Bible than the Torah. Sixty-six books in all. But notice, after Jesus explained to them that what he was talking about was the doctrine, then they understood it. well, I understand that we're just about out of time. And so we'll continue this lesson next Sunday. Alright? So we're going to stand, we're going to sing. I Need Thee Every Hour. As we come into a new year, I want to encourage you to do a few things, to commit yourself (laughs) to a few things. First of all, Commit yourself to the Lord. A Christian should know beyond the shadow of a doubt, because it's based upon God's word, that when you die, you will go to be with him in heaven. The Bible says you can know, K-N-O-W, because it's not based upon your goodness or worthiness. It's based upon his grace, his faithfulness. Commit yourself to reading the Bible every day. Every day. And spending time alone with God. Every day. And then do this. Ask God to show you what He wants you, and how He wants you to serve Him this year. Alright, so let's sing. I need the every day.